Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance and my guest today is Kate Kendall, the co-founder of San Francisco-based Cloud Peeps, where you can hire freelance marketing content and community pros. She's also the creator of a neat little business event board, I guess is the best way to define it, called thefetch.com. So Kate, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So obviously... Uh, you don't sound like you've lived in Southern California all your life. I, I wonder if you could uh, tell us a little bit about your journey and uh, certainly what led you to Cloud Peeps, but maybe, maybe there's an even more interesting story before that. Yeah, definitely. So um, you're right in there's an accent, and it's a hard one to pick up because it's a bit of a hybrid because I was born in England and then moved uh. to Australia when I was 10, and so I'm a dual citizen and then lived in Australia for most of my life. Um, before moving to San Francisco. So, those, so those, people, those people in Melbourne don't understand you a bit, do they? No, so wherever I go, you know, I'll be in the UK and they're like, welcome to town, this is how you get to, you know, the Tower Bridge. And then when I'm in Australia, they're like, yeah, welcome, here's the daily paper. And I'm like, yes, I used to be a business journalist, I know all the, how media works. So I'm, I'm a tourist wherever I go. And even when I was living in New York for two, two years, people would always stop me on the street going, do you need directions? So... Um, yeah, the accent definitely um, has has changed, but I'm getting better at um, my American accent. So I'm starting to say things like banana now instead of banana. You know, it's, it's really coming along. Well, well if you and say if, if you say awesome, then we'll know you've arrived. <laughs> yeah, no, awesome. I've always tried to keep that down because it has been overused. Um, so. So yeah, so I started out as a business journalist um, in, in reporting on the equivalent of like Ad Age in Australia. It's called Marketing Magazine. And then from there, I got really into social media in around 2007 and 2008 and kicked off an event breakfast series there. And then that what led to founding The Fetch, which was the city guide to discover all of the events that are more geared for your professional life um, in, in your local region. And then we launched that in 10 cities. And uh, around the same time, I really noticed it was hard to find if you're bootstrapping a company or you're a smaller business or you need to have, get help, unless you have the resources to hire for someone full time, it was, it was kind of hard, hard to find the right people to help you grow your business. And so I had the idea for Cloud Peeps um, a few years ago, but really founded it in January 2014 as a way to connect with um, freelance talent in this space. There's a lot of sites out there, you know, that are uh, very much focused on freelancers, very global, very much across all verticals. And um, I wouldn't necessarily have used those as a customer. I, I don't you know, trust that maybe some of the quality of the service or um, some of the tasks that I needed doing or the jobs that I needed doing if it was the right kind of person for the job. So I think that's where Cloud Peeps has really kind of come along and, and focused on on that, yeah. Well, let's talk. I do want to talk about some of the specifics of Cloud Peeps in, in, a, in a second, but I'd I'd love to kind of hear. You know, this is a really loaded question. There's no good way to answer this question. There's mm -hmm. no good way to ask it. You know, how has it gone so far? Yeah, definitely. So I think like it's we we have a model of transparency. So one of our advisors and investors is Gold, uh, Joel Gascoigne, the founder of Buffer, sure, and sure. obviously they're. They're very transparent, so I'm always happy to kind of share how it's gone. And I often blog about this really, you know, authentically and honestly. But um, the first year was, you know, really great. We were kind of in a beta mode and we were testing and we were running, um, testing out plan formats. So we were being, instead of it being a true open marketplace, we were operating more as we would be the, the little micro strategists 
suggest what customers were doing. Mm. And um, the plans were $699 a month and it would focus on a lot on creative content and social media. But really what we found is the majority of customers, you know, want growth. So they they think they want, you know, this and this and this, but they they really need something more to help them grow their business. And that's where we started really evolving beyond just, say, curated content and social media plans to allow peeps, we call peeps the, the talent yeah. side, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, to allow them to service customers in, in a, a variety of needs. So anything from, you know, like influencer outreach to content marketing to a bit of search to that social media and deeper community management and moderation. Um, and that's where we've really found, especially this year, we've been able to grow a lot faster and more meaningfully. So as you got into this, um, I, always, I always think this is funny because I think we go in with maybe great plans and all, we get a lot of surprises along the way. And so, so what are some of the things that have been harder than you thought they would be maybe for you personally or just in growing the company? Yeah, I think that the, the when we were operating more in the early days, we were doing things in a very bootstrap manner. I mean, we we duct taped you know Google Apps and um, all these forms together, and it wasn't really a technical product. And so, I starting the technical build out and the product build um, really kind of it took us a while to find that right product market fit. So it was almost like we were operating. Um, smoother and faster when we were first doing things very manually but obviously that's not scalable long term so the surprise I guess there was it does take a bit of an investment and a time to really find what works in the previous company the fetch it was very much that media model so it was very straightforward in growing audiences and that's where you know I was at home with um, you know journalism and media and things like that And then moving to marketplaces was an interesting challenge for me as an entrepreneur because they're such wild beasts. You know, everything that you do can make a big positive or negative impact. You've got to be a lot more data-driven. So if you, you know, in journalism or like media, understand the zeitgeist, produce great content, and you'll be on your merry way. With marketplaces, there's a lot of things that you have to measure, tweak, monitor. Um, You've got two sets of customers. You've got your supply side and your demand side. And making sure everyone's happy has been a huge um, learning curve as well. And where to, what to focus on at each stage can really make or break your business. Yeah, and it is really tough because uh, in in that two sided thing because you you know you're always chasing supply and demand. Uh, if 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 a great copywriter comes on as a peep and gets no jobs from you, they you know maybe they're going to move on or not pay much attention and. and same thing, if a, a company comes on and has a, a lot of needs and a lot of budgets, but they can't find the right people, then, then they're going to move on. So true. And the thing about marketplaces is they often take five to seven years to really establish and um, get liquidity. So you see a lot of startups out of San Francisco in the Valley that, you know, overnight success stories, raising lots of money, get acquired within a few years. Marketplaces you really need to invest in in the long term and make you have to grow um, mindfully. So just as you said, we've got to make sure that we don't have too many jobs at the same time that we can't fulfill them. We've got to make sure that we have enough supply side that is happy and engaged and they all can win work and it's not too many people. So it, it's almost impossible to make these things happen overnight. And so that comes down to even when we see new sites you know, popping up all the time. The learnings that we have now after a year and a half, 
there's already there's so much gone into it that you know I can sleep well at night knowing <laughs> it's it's you can't just clone it. You know? Yeah, now that's a really great point. When you have that kind of uh, supply and demand, you you really almost have to control the growth. It's kind of a brick by brick thing. But the beauty of that, of course, is uh, you build a pretty strong foundation. Exactly. Yeah, so uh, I'll ask you the flip side of that uh, other question. Have there been some things that have been easier than you thought they would be? So I think finding customers has been um, pretty straightforward. I mean, uh, that's often a challenge, especially for more of the SaaS companies. You know, they're like, how do we get customers? How much are we you know, paying to acquire customers? What's the lifetime value? All of those things. We've had really, really healthy demand side. So it's not that we've ever been short of customers. It's more that we, you know, finding the right match, teeing them up with the right people, all of that stuff is, is more of the challenge. So um, every day we've had um, customers register with, with a lot of organic and referral-based marketing. We've yet to be, um, begin like hardcore you know, customer acquisition in the paid capacity, but I've been really surprised with how much people have been at manage to like sniff out cloud peeps and discover cloud peeps based on reputation. Do you think some of that is actually being driven by the kind of the change in the way people are working uh, or the way that people, you know, used to be if you had a real business, you had a real marketing department. And I'm running into a lot of companies that are saying, hey, you know, we need a strategic marketing mind or somebody in here thinking about, you know, our vision, but gosh, we can get all this great talent without the overhead. It is so true. And the thing is, a lot of channels, they need to be tested first. So yeah. say if you're, you, know, you want to test out this channel or you want to do this, being able to hire a specialist or someone to come in and focus purely on execution is really, really helpful. So you know, the days of the 50-page marketing plan and two-year you know, spend in advance and all of that are well and truly gone. And we're seeing a lot of you know, opportunistic and agile marketing. And that means you need to be able to have that workforce in that on-demand or augment your talent internally in a very swift capacity to make the most of it. So we've seen all sorts of companies. I mean, even Google and Adobe have registered on Cloud Peeps. So yet to you know get working with Peeps, but it's not just smaller businesses that don't have resources. There's a lot of big companies that have the capacity, but they just need they need speed and they need people to focus on getting the job done. Yeah, and, and I think it, you know it used to be seen as having the assets internally was. You know, that was a good thing because you, you know, it was a show of force. But I think, you know, a lot of people have realized three years from now, everything about their industry could change. And then having that big, that big sort of warehouse <laughs> um, all of a sudden uh, became a liability uh, because totally. somebody, somebody else can jump in and, and steal your market because, an, an, you know, business is done in a new way. Yeah, it's much more responsive, and uh, you see that often with the future of work as well. I mean, I think when the recession hit, yeah. the, that kind of started to change the psyche. I mean, yeah. in Australia, we've been, you know, quotation marks, outsourcing or working with people globally mm -hmm. for many, many decades. And I think in the U.S., it's really catching up now that just because you can't have someone sitting right next to you in-house doesn't mean that you can't trust them or work with right. them or that they're not necessarily better. So a lot of the work we do is around like educating people on the concept of remote work. You, you often hear it called remote now. It's not virtual. It's not outsourcing. You know, remote's yeah. become sexy and there are those terms are kind of, you know, mid-90s and things like that. So um, again, there's a huge remote work movement. A lot of um, people that would be working with agencies in the past, like the agencies are remote to 
um, that the companies and the clients. So I think it's just around this re-education and reframing of what it is to be a modern day worker and how that work is performed and that work is no longer a place. Yeah, I had um, back when his book, uh, Jason Fried's uh, book Remote came out, uh, I had had him on the show and we talked a little bit about uh, there there are some differences though in managing remote or virtual or freelance uh, workers, I think. And I, I think sometimes people struggle with Kind of wrapping their arms around the best way to still be productive and efficient, even though you know you're using a remote uh, workforce. Have you have you come across? Uh, obviously, I'm I'm guessing that uh, that one of the things that that you'd try to do is educate people on how to get the most out of freelance work. Exactly. So I think that there's two types of customers we kind of see. There's the customer that comes in and they are so time poor that they really don't want the management overhead or the emotional overhead of, of you know managing freelancers. So someone to come in, get the job done, focus on execution and, and not really be as absorbed uh, internally is, is some people are looking for that. And then the other time, uh, you know, side is that people do think of freelancers like part of their team and how to make the most of them and give them feedback and everything like that is is similar to how they would in person. Uh, one of the things I've noticed as I've been going to offices um, even around San Francisco and, and New York and things like that is you walk in and people are still communicated on Slack and ho- hosting their meetings and communication on Slack anyway. So the offices are quite quiet apart <laughs> from you know sales departments. So it kind of comes in as if all the communication is happening online now, um, people are becoming a lot savvier um, at knowing how to give feedback and iterate and you know hold the focus and get the job done via um, written communications. So I think that, um, again, people are getting better at managing and understanding how to get the most out of teammates in-house because a lot of that's becoming um, online. And then just because someone's not in that same room is, is not having as big an impact as it once did. Now, you mentioned Buffer. One of my daughters actually works um, for Buffer. And, uh, you know, they, I don't know how big their staff is now. Let's say it's 50 people. Uh, I think only six or seven of them are in the uh, San Francisco office. And so my daughter will come home for a week uh, because she can work remotely. And, you know, they have... Uh, almost a dashboard of communication tools uh, queued up at all times. So they're they're seeing people in the office and they're seeing other teammates in other parts of the world. And like you said, they're I think they use HipChat, but they're you know they're constantly in communication. And and I do think there is a time. And, and in fact, they I'm sure you know this. They hold three yeah. three big you know get-togethers a year, uh, so that they do have that kind of ability to give each other hugs and that kind of thing that, that you can't replace with any technology. But you certainly, Definitely. certainly, uh, if you put in the effort and the process, you, you certainly can do a tremendous amount of very efficient communication this way. Yeah, and that's what we really think of at Cloud Peeps is that it's not necessarily you know a hundred percent remote or it's not a hundred percent in person. It's just giving people the opportunity to work how they want to and how they best work. So we really focus more on productivity than counting hours, and I think that allows um, yeah a lot of people to actually get more work done and be happier. So um, and then the same with the freelancers versus full time. We're not necessarily you know oh you can't be a full timer you know we're pro pro freelance. It's about opening the world of work up to different ways and different formats, and I think that's positive for everyone. Well, I was going to ask you that question. Do um, do people go to Cloud Peeps to fill positions permanently from time to time? 
They do, but they often see it as a contract to hire capacity. So I think one of the things I found even personally as I've you know been working full-time in the past is you often meet someone, have a conversation, do a quick interview, then you embark on this you know big full-time job and it's almost yeah. like getting mar- married right. straight away without dating. Yep. So that's where you know, often people love that referrals. And most of the people that I've hired, I've hired peeps you know, for HQ. I mean, Tessa, our happiness lead, was a peep herself first. And in the past at the Fetch, a lot of those people were going from a network. So I think the the you know getting straight into hiring someone isn't what they come to Clapeats for, but to build those relationships and then potentially hire them full time in house as W twos, we're happy to do that, and we've built that as a way you know that the customers can acquire talent within the platform. Okay. But it's it's different from going to LinkedIn and going, I'm just looking for a full time right. person. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and then and then it becomes, as you said, the the ninety day or one hundred and twenty day interview. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, how do people get paid, or how do people, people pay for these? And is it competitive? I'm I'm just I'm guessing questions. There, people are out there thinking, well, gosh, this sounds like a good idea, but is you know, can I afford this? Definitely. So the average price right now of what a customer spends on Cloud Peeps is around a thousand dollars. So. We've really seen that increase as we've opened up to different things, and it's still rising. Some people might list a you know three hundred dollar you know quick um, basically make my social media presences look alive each month. Some people might list an eight thousand um, dollar much more intensive a month job. So we've seen that, that um, range from what customers are actually spending and what they need. It's our role to educate them. They're coming in and they're wanting to spend five hundred dollars and get the equivalent of a CMO a month. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll say you know that's pretty unrealistic. Mm-hmm. So we're doing a lot on the education side to the customers and the peeps get paid. Um, we pay them in real time, which I think is different from freelancing. You know, externally in that you often send an invoice and hope that you get paid within the next two months. And yeah. especially if you're dealing with large corporates, right. you know, even getting paid within ninety days or so is is you know impressive. So. We take payment in advance, pay the peeps every um, two weeks or a month, depending on the style of work. We have hourly and fixed priced work, which is more like retainer. Um, in terms of the process, we work in a pitching contest model right now. And uh, we actually got asked this um, question last night at the online community meetup, and is it competitive? And a peep answered. And she said that it, it's kind of a blend of both. I mean, the community is super supportive. We're really focused on building that internal freelancer community so people will actually share tips advice they'll get feedback on on things in their work so it's very collaborative and um, there's lots of customers now that are coming through the doors we have 500 peeps so the the volume ratio is actually really geared in the favor of winning work so it's not as similar to services like freelancer or upwork with previously odesk um, in that you might be competing against hundreds of people um, over yeah so that's a that's a big thing. And I think over time, the pitching contest models don't scale super well. And that's where we're starting to take a much more data-driven and structured data-driven um, approach to matching customers and peeps, which gets almost to be more like a dating website and, or, or in those kind of tools, which are, what are you looking for? Here's a list of search results. Here's maybe the top you know, two or three picks, and then connect with your favorites. There's a lot of people um, sorry, that are looking for a specific things, so domain expertise, passion, all of that on the peep side. So we can start to match people based on their availability, time zones, needs, and do it in a, in a much more sophisticated way than spray and pray, you know, pitching. 
So it's so it's not really they're not trying to establish an hourly rate necessarily, like you might hire a virtual assistant. It's actually more of a project that that people are bidding on. So say so, yeah, it, it really depends on the style of work. We do both ongoing and then one-time um, work. So if I'm looking for, and we've had customers over a year now that have been, so I've been really surprised at the length of usage mm -hmm. um, that have said I need an ongoing social media or community manager to moderate my often social media channels and build community and audience there. And I want to spend you know thousand dollars a month, and this is what I'm looking for. And then they establish guidelines. And then, uh, say, 10 peeps would reply to that pitch call and um, state their background experience and why they'd be interested in working with that customer. Um, so that's often the, the most, um, you know, number one use case that we see. So have you so, found some tools that, uh, that are your favorites? So we mentioned a couple of them, but that are some of your favorites for, you know, if you're going to be going to more of this virtual workforce um, you know, for communicating, for tracking projects, for do you, do you have a few that you like uh, to share some yeah, of your favorites? Definitely. I mean, we use a lot of um, marketplaces ourselves. As, um, so I'll talk more about the, the services that we use and some of the tools. But, um, you know, I use virtual myself for personal assistance. And I think that's Marin Kate's done a brilliant um, job there at vetting and um, training talent on there. So then I also use UpCouncil, which is where you can get you know, legal help on demand. So if we need to get some, you know, new our terms of service updated or anything like that, I found that service brilliant. Um, San Francisco is almost like the home of the um, service economy right now. You can get everything done and on a push of a button. So yeah. there's lots of great services that, you know, have the pros and cons. And then with tools, we um, have started to, you know, form a, a few partnerships or look at other freelance tools. Um, things like Timely and Harvest for time tracking have been fantastic. So the customers that are looking for a bit more of that hourly accountability, um, they're both great tools. We use Slack. Um, we use JustWorks for all of our um, HQ. It's a bit like Zenefits meets Zen Payroll. Um, you know, zero for our accounting. Um, absolutely, you know, love Buffer, of course. Um, we use Summol to pull together all of our social media stats, intern stats internally. Um, yeah, what else do we use? We uh, GitHub issues, so we do all our project management in GitHub, but we also use Asana and Trello. And there's kind of a common remote stack that you hear people yep. almost <laughs> use after a while, and, and we, we always look to that. We haven't tried anything like Squiggle yet, which is when you're talking about that remote, you can right. see people, you know, so we haven't gone full on fledged, but we should check that out. Still use a lot of Hangouts and Skype and things like that. And what was the first one you mentioned for personal assistance? Zirtual, so Z-I-R-T-U-A-L. Great, yeah, I've seen that, that's right, okay. Well, Kate, um, I appreciate you stopping by to join us uh, today and share some of your journey and, and share uh, certainly, um, I think what is uh, an essential and needed, and, and I think as you started to talk about, it, you know, there there have been these places where you can go say, hey, I need this done, the the Elances of the world. Uh, but I, I think by kind of curating a community of people that that do very specific online digital marketing kind of work, uh, I, I think uh, the, the need is huge, and I, I, I'm guessing that demand will will show up for it as well. Thanks so much.